0: Away, you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in you hindered. As you look at this text, in the larger context, Jesus is speaking to the Jewish lawyers, the scribes, the Pharisees, the rulers in the synagogues, the rulers even in the temple in Jerusalem. And at least six times in this context, He pronounces a woe upon them in fact he begins this verse by saying woe to you lawyers but if you go back in the earlier part of the chapter starting at verse 37 this is where jesus was beginning to speak to these men about these problems verse 42 woe to you pharisees verse 43 woe to you pharisees verse 44 woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites The context here is very similar to that which is found in Matthew chapter 23. In fact, Matthew 23 and verse 13 is almost a parallel to our text in Luke chapter 11 and verse number 52. In Matthew 23 and verse 13, Jesus said, Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. And so Jesus gives a very severe rebuke to these Pharisees for their hypocrisy and for their preventing men from gaining the knowledge of God. Now, as we look at our text, there's a couple of different translations that I want us to think about in the New International Version the language that is used in Luke 11:52 52 speaks of the key to knowledge. And there are two or three other translations that treat this the same way, the key to knowledge. But in the text that I just read to you from the New King James Version or the New American Standard Bible, it is the key of knowledge. What is this key of knowledge? What is the key to knowledge? What are we supposed to do with this unusual statement? It's very clear that knowledge plays an important role in in the plan of God. Can we see that? Can we see that without knowledge, without knowledge of the truth, we can't be right with God? And, And these Pharisees, these scribes and lawyers and rulers, as Jesus designates them, they were keeping the people in ignorance. They were preventing the people from knowing God's will. And listen, people can't afford that. The rulers couldn't afford that. Jesus rebukes them, but they were influencing all the people of Jerusalem, people not just down in Judea, but also people up in Galilee. They were being kept in ignorance by these men. Now our intent in our study tonight is to try to learn what Jesus meant in Luke 11:52, and we're going to explore the meaning of this text from two different perspectives. We're going to look at the key to knowledge, and then we're going to look at the key of knowledge. What would it mean? If we treat this as the key to knowledge, if that's the better way to look at the text, woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key to knowledge, as some translations say. What what would that mean? What do you think? What, What would it mean if it said the key to knowledge? Well, it would be this idea. It would be the key to gaining knowledge. And Jesus may be saying to these men, you've taken away the key to gaining knowledge. Do you think there is such a key? There is. But I want us to first see what it is not. It's not the official Jewish interpretation of things. See, that that was the issue here. The Jews had decided, here's what the prophecies mean in the Old Testament, and if you're going to be right with God, you've got to believe our interpretation of it. And just to show you that that's the case, slip over in John's Gospel. In John's Gospel in chapter 7 john chapter 7 and here these men these same kinds of rulers have sent some soldiers to arrest jesus if you look at john chapter 7 and verse 32 the pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning jesus and so the pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to arrest jesus okay but these officers they go and they hear jesus and they're kind of stunned by what they hear And so they don't bring him back. They go back to the Pharisees. And here's what's happening in verse 45. It says, the officers came to the chief priest and the Pharisees. And they said to them, why have you not brought him? We sent you to arrest him. Why have you not brought him back? And the officers said, no man ever spoke like this man. They were so impressed at what they heard. I think they were afraid to arrest him. And then the Pharisees answered and said, are you also deceived? We've got all these people, the common people, they're all deceived about Jesus. And you too, you also are are, are deceived. Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. And so these people, they don't know. Look here, the rulers, we have not believed in him. The Pharisees, we have not believed in him. And so you ought to believe just what we believe. You see, that's the idea of the official Jewish interpretation. I will tell you, that is not the key to knowledge. That's not the key to gaining knowledge, the official interpretation of the Jewish leaders. And that's a whole lot like the official church interpretation as in Catholicism.
1: There's a publication called
0: Catechism for Adults. It is an official Catholic publication, and it asks this question, how can you get the true meaning of the Bible? It answers the question by saying, how can you get the true meaning of the Bible? You can get it only, only from God's official interpreter, the Catholic Church. Only the Catholic Church. Can provide the knowledge that you need the key to gaining knowledge is to listen to god's official interpreter the catholic church that's no different than what these jews were doing and they're they're just as wrong as the jews were and, and someone else says well you know i trust my pastor and uh, you know when god called my pastor to, to be a preacher in our church uh, when god called him he gave him special insight into the scriptures, so I'm just going to trust whatever my pastor says, and that's what a lot of people do. What's the key to gaining knowledge? Just listen to the preacher. You know better than that, and the Bible teaches something better than that. Someone else, a Calvinist maybe, he says, well, the key to gaining knowledge is to get special guidance from God's Holy Spirit. You know, you can't understand the Bible just by reading the Bible. And so God has to come upon you. His Spirit has to come upon you. And it has to make you believe, and it makes you to understand God's will. Charles Hodge, in his book, Systematic Theology, said the Holy Spirit is promised to guide the people of God into the knowledge of the truth. And what he means by that is everyone who's going to understand the knowledge of the truth gets that from special understanding by the Holy Spirit. Reading the scriptures is not enough. Now, this is not how the key to gaining knowledge comes about. We reject all of these. And we're forced to ask, is there really a key to gaining knowledge? Indeed, there is. The key to gaining knowledge is to seek it. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7, Jesus said, Seek and you will find. And he's talking in that context, I believe, about the will of God. Listen, folks, the key to gaining knowledge, diligent. Study, seeking to know the truth. Diligent study is the key to gaining knowledge. The scriptures tell us how to gain knowledge. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament, and it was no different back there than it is in the New Testament period. I'm going back to Psalm 119 and reading verses 104 and 105. Listen to this. Here's what David wrote. You want knowledge, you want understanding, you want to know God's will? He says this in Psalm 119, verse 104. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If I want the knowledge of how I should live my life, I need to go to God's word. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Drop down to verse 169 in that same place. Psalm 119, verse 169. Let my cry come before you, O Lord, give me understanding. How's understanding going to come? Give me understanding according to your word. It is the word of God that gives us understanding. I'm going over to the book of Proverbs, just the next book over. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You need the wisdom and instruction that comes from this book. That's where knowledge comes from. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you have a healthy respect for God, you will go to God's Word, and here you will learn about God's will. That's how it happens, my friends. Look at chapter 2 of Proverbs. Chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding yes if you cry out for discernment that is if you really want to know if you're going to seek the knowledge of god if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the lord and find the knowledge of god the key to gaining knowledge is to seek it again matthew 7 verse 7 seek and you shall find i'm going to the new testament to the book of ephesians whether you look at old testament or new it's still the same principle ephesians chapter 3 verses 3 through 5 the apostle says how that by revelation god made known to me the mystery as i've briefly written already when when god gave revelation to paul what did paul do with it he said i've written it down why did he write it down He says, so, verse number 4, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to to his holy apostles and prophets. So, the holy apostles and prophets, they received this message from God, and what did they do with it? They wrote it down, so that when you read, you may understand my knowledge, said Paul. The key to gaining knowledge is diligent study. It is seeking to know from God's word what is right. Study to show yourself approved unto God, says 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. And so if you look at Luke eleven fifty-two, 52, where Jesus said to these men, you have taken away the key of knowledge. If the key of knowledge is, is then the key to gaining knowledge we understand that we gain knowledge by a right study of the scripture diligent study not careless study not fill in the blank kind of study the question is will you do that not very many people will i hope that's your choice in life to give that kind of study to the word of god and so we seek the truth intentional study i want to know what god's book says That's most certainly the key to gaining knowledge. But I'm convinced that the Lord Jesus has something more in mind than just diligent study of the Scripture. Let's look then at this other translation, the way it's translated in the New American Standard Bible and the New King James and a a few other translations, where the text says you have taken away the key of knowledge. And so, what would that mean if it's the key of knowledge? Well, remember, the Pharisees had kept the knowledge of God from the people. And as a result, neither the Pharisees nor the people they taught could enter the kingdom of God. Notice that this text in Luke 11:52 52 talks about entering something. Woe to you, lawyers, for you've taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering, you hindered. He's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about God's will. Slip over to the parallel text in Matthew chapter 13. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 23 and verse 13. Matthew 23, verse 13. Jesus in this parallel text said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against yourselves, for you neither go in yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Same concept, the idea of entering into something. And what is it here in Matthew 23 and verse 13? He says, you have shut up the kingdom of heaven. And so he's he's saying that you Pharisees are preventing people from entering the kingdom. You are preventing people from being in the will of God. That's the idea. And why? What's happening here that they're not learning about heaven? Well, these men had taken away the key of knowledge. These people lacked knowledge. They lacked the knowledge that would allow them to enter into God's kingdom and to receive the blessings of knowing his will. Ladies and gentlemen, knowledge of God's will is the key to salvation. The plain and simple truth of the Scripture is that you must have knowledge in order to be saved. Without knowledge, you cannot be saved. I, I have a couple of books in my library uh, that address the idea of, Of people who are saved without knowledge. People who were made right with God and they never knew or learned anything. It's just that God came down and just suddenly made them right with Him. I I was at a Bible study when I still lived in Indiana, probably 1972. And uh, in this Bible study, there was a fellow who who was in the study. Everyone was going around the room giving their testimony. And this fellow, Said, I was riding my motorcycle down the highway late at night and I was high on drugs, but suddenly I saw this light in the sky and I knew it had to be Jesus. And there, as I'm driving my motorcycle down the highway, Jesus saved me right then and there. I said, What did you know about Jesus? Nothing. I'd heard of him, but I knew he saved me right then and there. Saved without knowledge. My friends, the key of knowledge. Knowledge is the key to salvation. To be saved, we must know the truth. We've got to know something in order to be saved. And how many passages teach that? I don't care if you go to the Old Testament or to the New. If you're going to be right with God, you've got to know something. Let's go to the Old Testament. Let's slip back to the book of Hosea just for a moment. To the book of Hosea, there there's several verses here in Hosea that talk about knowledge. In in Hosea chapter one, ver, uh, chapter four, verse one. Hosea 4.1, hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. Well, what is God's charge against the inhabitants of the land? He says, there is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. The nation of Israel is in trouble, bad trouble. Hosea writes toward the end of the time of the Northern kingdom, when the Assyrian captivity was about to take place, and then after that would come the Babylonian captivity that would take away the southern kingdom. What's the problem? What's the problem in the north? What's the problem in the south? He says, There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. Look at verse number six, chapter four of Hosea, verse number six. My people are destroyed. Thank you for lack of knowledge. The people are going to go into captivity. Northern kingdom off into Assyria. Babylonians are going to come and take the southern kingdom into Babylon. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because, watch this, you have rejected knowledge. Look at that. Knowledge was laid before them. They said no. They rejected knowledge. Oh, there's much more about that over in the book of Jeremiah. Look at chapter 6. Chapter 6
1: of Hosea and this is
0: people are being called back to God but they're not taking their sin seriously they say oh you know hey we're in trouble uh, let's get right with God real quick okay and uh, look at look at the text there in chapter six verse one come let us return to the Lord for he is torn but he will heal us we're going to be okay yeah we've done wrong but god's going to fix this all he has stricken us but he will bind us up after two days he will revive us on the third day he will raise us up that we may live in his sight so everything's going to be fine you know don't take all this captivity stuff seriously okay we've done a little something wrong but god's going to heal us and it's all going to be fine so let us know let us pursue the knowledge of god his going forth is established as the morning Yeah, they say, let us pursue the knowledge of God, but they never do it. It's not enough to say, oh, yeah, we're going to get right with God. You know, it's kind of like a person that comes down and takes a seat on the front and says, well, I've kind of sinned and I'm kind of out of the will of God. um, But hey, uh, I I come to get prayers. And they never change their life. You can ask for prayers all you want, but if you don't change your life, and if you're not in the business of learning the will of God, you're not going to get right with God. Verse 6, chapter 6, verse 6 of Hosea, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and I desire the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. You know how important the animal sacrifices were to the Jewish people, to the Old Testament system. You know all about that. But God says, God says, I desire the knowledge of God. I want you to know about me. That exceeds all the animal sacrifices and all the burnt offerings. That was the problem in the Old Testament. You want something about this in the New? Go over to the Gospel of John again, to John chapter 8. This is Jesus, and Jesus here is speaking to some people who believed on him. They've been listening to him, and they say, Hey, this guy is right. He may be the Messiah. Yeah, we, he, he's the Messiah, sure. And then verse 31 says, Jesus spoke to those Jews who believed, who believed him. And he said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Why did they need to abide in his word? Because the knowledge of his word, that's the key to salvation, knowledge. To be saved, we've got to know the truth. In fact, that's what he said in the next verse you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then these people, these who believed in him, they answered him and said, we're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? My goodness, Do they, have they forgotten? We've never been in bondage to anyone. Have they forgotten how they were in bondage in Egypt 1,500 years earlier? And have they forgotten how they were carried off into bondage in Babylon 600 years earlier? Someone says, yeah, but that was back then. That was a long time ago these jews have never been in bondage then what is the roman occupation of judea and jerusalem all about they're in bondage to rome at the very moment they say these things we have never been in bondage to anyone how can you say you will be made free jesus said most assuredly i say to you whoever commits sin is a slave of sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever but a son abides therefore if the son makes you free you shall be free indeed Jesus goes beyond Babylonian captivity, beyond the bondage in Egypt, beyond bondage to Rome, and says your real problem is bondage to sin. And you need me. You need the Son of God to make you free. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. But what's the key? What's the key to freedom from sin? Knowledge is the key. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We've got to know the will of God. Knowing God's will is the key to salvation. It's the key to freedom from sin. And the scribes, what were they doing? The reason Jesus is rebuking these people in Luke 11:52 52, is they were keeping that knowledge away from the people.
1: And so Jesus severely rebuked
0: those scribes. Today, if you've been around very long, you know that there are religious leaders doing the same thing today. They keep the knowledge of God from the people by their false doctrines. That's one of the ways it happens. But it's even worse than that, that most people keep the knowledge of God from themselves. They keep the knowledge of God from themselves by refusing to study. I'm not saying they fail. I'm not just saying they fail to study. I mean they refuse to study. You give people a simple workbook and say, here are five questions to answer for next week's class. No, I don't think I'll do that. It's not that they didn't have time. They had time for everything under heaven, everything they wanted to do. That's because they're interested in everything under heaven except go into heaven. And like the people of Hosea's day, the people in our day are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My friends, we have to know the truth in order to be saved. You're not going to be saved without that. Now, let me, let me tell you something that I think is most interesting. In doing my research and reading a number of authors and doing research on the words in this text, Luke 11:52, 52, I read, read one source, a, a man named Tillotson, and he said that when a Jewish scribe, these were the men who were the teachers of the law, they, they, they made copies of the Scripture, and then they taught. When a Jewish scribe graduated from the schools of learning, he was literally given a key. That is, a literal key was put in his hand, and this key was part of his graduation ceremony. And as such, it said, Now, because you have been to the school of Hillel, or because you have been to the school of Gamaliel, you now are the possessor of a key, a literal key. but the, the literal key was symbolic of the man's authority to teach the people. You now are recognized as a teacher in Israel. Remember when Jesus came to Jerusalem and there was this controversy in the temple, he'd been teaching the people, and they said, "How does this man able to teach when he's never learned, never learned in our schools?" Where does he get the authority to teach? Who gave him this authority? You see, there was authority recognized in Judaism in Jerusalem, that you had to have the authority to teach the people. And so, at your graduation ceremony, you would be given a key, and this was just a symbol of the fact that you had a right to teach. I think what Jesus is doing, when he speaks of the key of knowledge, I think he's making a play on words. He's figuratively saying, You know, it's not this little key that was given and put in your hand at your graduation ceremony, but rather it's knowledge itself that is the key to salvation.
1: Jesus is alluding
0: to this little key that was given in his figurative use of the word key. You see, the scribes were to teach the knowledge of God to the people. But instead, what did they do? They muddied the waters. They obscured the knowledge of God. They they said some of the things that God has said, here's a slick way to get around them. We found loopholes in what God said. And you don't have to honor your father and mother. Read Matthew 15. Read Mark 7. They found loopholes in the will of God. So they thought. And so they obscured the knowledge of God by their false interpretations and by their traditions that they treated as law from God. And so in a figurative sense, these men who were authoritative teachers in the land of of, of Judea and in Jerusalem, they refused themselves to go into the house of knowledge and learn. Remember Jesus in both texts, Matthew 23:13 and Luke 11:52. He said, "You not only don't enter in yourself, but you're preventing you're preventing others from entering in. Those who might have come into the kingdom, those who might have entered the house of knowledge, you prevented them. And so, figuratively, these men refused to go into the house of knowledge and learn, even though they supposedly had the key. They stood outside, and what did they do outside?" of the house of knowledge? Well, if they did anything at all with the key, they figuratively locked the door so that others couldn't get in either. And then they hid the key so that no one could go in. It's a horrifying picture. And it's why Jesus said, these are blind leaders of the blind, and both are going to fall into the ditch. Just imagine how it would be if the hundred and 110 or 115,000 people living inside Beaumont, Texas, that's about our population, that we were just, all of us were a race of blind men. Everyone, not a one of us could see with our eyes. Everyone in Beaumont is completely blind. But to a handful of men is given the key, and this key is put in the lock and turns the lock, and now all of us can see, okay? Now I'm talking about literal blindness. Think about it for a moment. If the whole city was literally blind and someone has got the key, they can turn that key and all of us now can see. But they refuse to do it for themselves, and they refuse to let others see. They're blind leading the blind. Now, that would be a terrible thing. That would be a terrible thing. We're kept blind by blind leaders. That would be bad, but you know what? It would only impact this life. It would only impact your blindness in this life for 70, 80, 90 years. However long you live, you live and die as a blind man, literally. But what was happening here, the fact that they were keeping people from entering into the knowledge of God, that's eternal. That reaches beyond the 70 or 80 or 90 years of this life. That reaches into eternity. It is a blindness that impacts what's going to happen to people when we die. You can look at this two different ways. You can see the key to knowledge, the key to gaining knowledge. Diligent study is the key to gaining knowledge. Or you can see it as the key of knowledge. That is, knowledge is the key to salvation. To be saved, we must know the truth. You know, no matter which way you translate this, the lesson comes out the same. Knowledge is still going to be the key, isn't it? And the key to gaining knowledge is. Diligent, seeking, study for ourselves. Now, let's make application real quick, and we'll wrap it up. Dads, what are you doing at home? You are the leader of your family. And as leader of your family, that doesn't just mean your kids have to mind you and your wife has to be in submission to you. As leader of your family, it is your job, your responsibility, your duty in life, your obligation to teach your family the will of God. You know, we've been talking about this story back in Genesis about, about uh, Adam and Eve. And you look at Genesis chapter 2, God spoke to Adam and said, don't eat of this tree. Who was supposed to speak to Eve? Adam's got a job there, doesn't he? He needs to instruct his wife. And dads, you better be about the business of instructing your wife and your children. If you are not the spiritual leader of your family, then what are you? We need to step up to the plate. There need to be men of honor today, men of conviction who will teach their children. You know, one of the reasons that God picked Abraham, he said, Abraham is going to teach his children. That's one of the reasons I chose him because I know he will instruct his family. We need more Abrahams today. Moms, Teach your kids the scriptures. I knew of a mom up in Indiana many years ago, and I've told you this story before. It's nothing new, but it's something I think important.
1: Jodi Gibson was her name. She now lives in Missouri. She had three kids. Two girls and a younger boy. Nobody
0: including her husband tom nobody in that family got to open the refrigerator door without quoting the scripture that was taped to the door and and, you know she put things up there like proverbs 3 trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him he will direct your paths you want something out of the fridge you don't open the door till you've read what is on the door and it's just a simple little thing but Dody just had that way of, of encouraging her family to learn the scriptures. And I think that's a good thing. So moms, teach your kids the scriptures. Kids, seek the knowledge of God with all your heart. Because without it, none of us, none of us can enter God's kingdom. It's really true. I would ask, are you diligent in seeking the knowledge of God? If not, then let today be a turning point in your life. You want a better marriage? seek the knowledge of god see what god says about marriage instead of paying attention to what you see on television
1: yeah you know it's
0: true sometimes instead of speaking like the bible speaks when it comes to marriage we're speaking like steve is on tv steve says you have a relationship with someone you know you have a relationship uh, He says too many people are entering into sexual activity much too early. Well, I'll tell you, any sexual activity before the altar is much too early. But he says you should wait three months. Three months, then then engage in sexual activity. Wait till you get married. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Let's not speak like we see on TV with Dr. Phil or Oprah or someone else. Let's speak what God says, and we'll have better marriages. Let every man love his wife as he loves himself. And, mister, you know you love yourself. Now, you need to start loving your wife that way. That's Ephesians 5.33. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Give respect to your husband. Someone says, well, my husband doesn't deserve respect. Yeah, and maybe you don't deserve love either, but your husband is still commanded to love you. So that's what you ought to do. See, we've got to get this knowledge of God. If we want to go to heaven, we've got to have the knowledge of God, but you can have a better life now by doing what God said. Well, that's the lesson. We've made application. Take that home with you. If you've already come to the knowledge of Jesus, but you've not yet obeyed him, will you let today be the turning point where you turn your knowledge into obedience? Maybe there's someone here tonight that says, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, but I've not yet repented of my sins, I haven't confessed Jesus, I haven't been baptized, but I'm going to do that right here, right now, in this time, in this place. Or I've done that, but I've wandered away, and I need to come back home. You're subject to the gospel call in any way. Come on now while we stand and sing. Come now, please.